I am so glad that you are joining Cindy LeFevre Yorks for this episode of His GPS for Your SOS. We pray these encouraging words will enrich and bless your day. God's Agenda at Work Turning workplace complaints into prayers of blessing for your people can truly change a work environment. Even if they only impact your own attitude, that difference can start a series of wheels in motion. It's so easy, isn't it, to complain and gossip with fellow coworkers about this or that. It requires little effort on our part to find fault with someone else's performance or zero in on a character flaw belonging to another. And those irritating or annoying behaviors or that one thing someone else did that you didn't like can gnaw away at you like sand inside an oyster. We don't even need a water cooler or a break room in which to chew the fat, do we? All it takes is a hasty email, rapid-fire text, or a roll of the eyes in a Zoom room to communicate our displeasure and disapproval. Worst of all, at the end of the day, those actions do nothing to foster change on the part of the clueless offender. Honestly, all those actions do is drag you down to a base level you have no business lingering over, and the reason is because we are not perfect either. In 2 Corinthians 12.20, Paul says, For I am afraid that I may not find you as I want you to be, and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. Now that's a mouthful of malcontent right there, isn't it? So, do you see any of these in your workplace? Or perhaps you see them in a ministry in which you serve. I recently read a book called The Awesome Power of Blessing by author Richard Brunton. This author suggests that crafting a prayer blessing can help us tackle, well, us. We really do need to work on ourselves first and foremost with what ails us so we can come up higher with God's divine intervention. For instance, you might pray this kind of prayer over your office or workplace. I pray as each of us succeeds as individuals that we are able to rejoice in one another's triumphs. I pray for a blanket of peace and calm to envelop me when I feel myself overcome with anger. I pray that those at work who slander gossip, sow discord, or use their tongue in ways that do not glorify God will use it instead to encourage, compliment, and express gratitude whenever it's appropriate. I pray that all the business conducted in the office proves prosperous, honest, and honoring to you, God, and may my endurance and that of others bring further blessings at our workplace. If you're thinking to yourself, you don't understand what goes on at my workplace, you would be right. But one thing I can safely surmise is that human nature is entirely predictable. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God, as Paul reminds us in Romans 3.23. And if your next thought is that people at your work don't deserve a blessing, consider this convicting quote from author Brunton. Don't judge whether someone deserves a blessing or not. True blessing, spoken over someone or something, describes the way God sees them. God's focus is not on how they may appear to be at the moment, but rather the way they are supposed to be. Not so incidentally, that's the way God sees you and me. He sees what you will become when you are restored in the new Jerusalem. And He's given you redemption and grace for all your wrongdoing if you've repented. He continues to seek the hearts of those whom he loves. And that, my friends, is everyone. Jesus loves people. Let's be like Jesus. 
I'd like to read an excerpt from my first book, The Side Door, and this entry is called Testing, One, Two, Three, No Cheating. When I was in college taking my Russian history exam, I remember sitting down to my desk, picking up my pencil, and suddenly seeing an unbelievable sight. The student in front of me was pulling back her sleeve to reveal a forearm of writing that today might be mistaken for a tattoo. On it, she had written the entire history of the Bolsheviks and the Cold War for her personal reference. I glanced at my friend in the class who had seen the same thing. We all sat for the exam and turned in our work at the end of the period. As we were leaving the classroom, my friend said we were obligated to tell the teacher what the student in front of us had done. When I hesitated, she reminded me that the test would be graded on a curve and that the student's grade, unfairly achieved, would impact our marks as well. I agreed to go to the professor with her and testify to what happened. Justice was served, even if it felt a little uncomfortable. Sadly, in today's world, people who have cheated and gotten away with embarrassing misdeeds and even serious crimes against humanity are celebrated on gossip shows. Accountability is sorely lacking in society. Who among us hasn't been in a situation where justice was not served? Maybe you've been a victim of a hit-and-run accident. Maybe your spouse owes child support and refuses to pay it while the court systems do nothing to expedite a solution. Perhaps you lost a promotion to someone who took credit for an idea that was actually yours in the first place. Recently, I tried to help a friend out whose car was totaled by attempting to locate an inexpensive used car in good condition. An acquaintance of mine, who I've known for over a decade, told me how great her used car was, so I trusted her, and the car turned out to be a major lemon even as she denied its problems over and over again. Sadly, repair bills do not lie. I let it go, and I continually remind myself that God will even the score in His way and in His time. At the end of our lives, there will not be any way to cheat to get into heaven any more than we will be able to cheat death. Our righteous judge sees and knows all. His eyes move to and fro throughout the earth that He may strongly support those whose hearts are completely His, and that's from 2 Chronicles 16.9. Thankfully, we can count on Him to right the wrongs without taking vigilante justice into our own hands. When I feel the scales are unbalanced, I remind myself of this verse from Joel 2.25, I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten your crops. We can trust God to keep that promise, just as we can rest in knowing that our fellow eternity dwellers will walk among us and not have cheated their way into the pearly gates. And the keys to kingdom living are, trust God to right all wrongs, and the doorpost is. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? No one can serve two masters. Luke 16, 11 to 13. Thank you for tuning in today to His GPS for your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her first two books in her Planned Door Devotion Trilogy are available on Amazon. Her bi-monthly blogs can be found at cindyyorks.com.